A dog barks when his master is attacked. I would be a coward if I saw that God's truth is attacked and yet would remain silent. John Calvin. Get in the long with a bunch of demons. Do you believe that human beings are demons? No, I do not. And don't you ever say I did. This is my Bible. I am what it says I am. There's probably a, a balance between, I believe you have to know Christ, but I think no. He is. And someone knows this for sure. All of mankind is going to end up somewhere in heaven. My mission really is to just help people of faith, especially, to re-examine this issue, to realize the church has got things wrong in the past. For those who are God by faith in his son. Corinthians, right? 2 Corinthians 3 7. Victory in the name which is above every name. No exception for rape or incest. Uh, it's an extreme. Right now, bones, ligaments, tendons, in Jesus' name, get out here right now. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Master's Dog, episode 77. I'm your host, the Evangelical Norm. So the Master's Dog is just a podcast that I do that deals with false teachers and whatever stripe they come from. It started out as Faith and Beliefs Refuted, where the Saints Unscripted, formerly known as Three Mormons Podcast, started a segment of their show called Faith and Beliefs. And they started with the LDS Articles of Faith. And when I saw that, I was like, I really want to respond to those Articles of Faith. And so I made a commitment that I would respond to all those and kind of break down why those Articles of Faith do not line up with Christian teaching and so on. So it started out with that. And then I I continued on as they continued on with episodes uh, later on, I expanded it to calling it the, the master's dog and dealing with all kinds of false teachers, Paula White, Todd White, you know, anybody who comes and, and is willing to twist God's word, be it Donald Trump, Oprah Winfrey, Joe Biden, or whoever, if it's a false teacher and I see something that really kind of screams out to me, this needs to be responded to, 
I'm going to respond to it. And that's where the Master's Dog came from. Uh, today we are going to be back with our friends over at Saints Unscripted and the Faith and Belief segment. And a lot of times they've been doing these where it really doesn't have anything to do with like tenets or doctrine of their faith. It's just kind of a history lesson. And I go, well, should I really respond to that? But I made a commitment. And so this is, today's episode is more just based off of me wanting to be consistent in and truthful to the commitment that I made and not wanting to just go, well, that doesn't really mean anything. Uh, let me go. And God tends to, to bring something around and make something useful out of each one of these episodes. With, with this being what it is, it may just be a very short episode uh, because this is literally what he's going to talk about. The, the Missouri-Mormon War is really not much more than just a history lesson. There's not anything in there that can really be refuted. I actually watched this video. I wouldn't, I, I mean, I've never really studied in depth the history, so maybe there's some revisionist stuff going on here from the Mormon point of view. But from what I can see, it just, he pretty much just lays out the history of what happened with this Missouri Mormon War. But there is a segment that he talks about that sticks out to me that I'll, I, I want to talk about. So I'll let him go. If the, the if anything pops up that I didn't see before that I want to respond to, as usual, I'll just stop it and we'll talk about it and we'll go on from there. So all that to say, here is our buddy David and the Missouri-Mormon War. Hey guys, in this episode, we're going to talk about the Missouri-Mormon War of 1838. We've got a lot to get through, so let's jump right in. Let's do Jump right in. Okay, so let's set the stage. In 1833, Latter-day Saints who had gathered in Jackson County, Missouri were persecuted and forced out. In 1836, a new county was formed specifically for the Saints called Caldwell County. In that county, the Saints built a town called Far West. But as more and more Saints came to settle in Caldwell County and started spilling over into surrounding counties, tensions began to rise once more. The breaking point was August 6th, 18... Just on that note, I think it was Far West that is the prophesied place that uh, the temple would be built, that there would be a temple built, um, and it's, a, it's prophesied in the Doctrine and Covenants. Joseph Smith made it clear that God, and this was going to happen within, and that God was going to come back uh, within their lifetime and so on. So it was all connected in this, but obviously it was a false prophecy. 1838 in Gallatin. It was election day for the county and William Penniston was running for office. Penniston had previously supported driving the saints from their homes, but when he realized he needed their votes, he excused his behavior by claiming he had simply been deceived by false reports without being acquainted with the people. And since he had become acquainted with them, he found that they were first-rate citizens. Very appropriate for a politician. The Saints didn't buy it, and when Election Day came around, Penniston knew it. So he stood up on a whiskey barrel, resolved that if the Saints weren't going to vote for him, they weren't going to vote at all. He gave a fiery speech, riling up the Missourians, allegedly saying he did not consider the Mormons had any more right to vote than the darned... <gasps> word. We don't say that word. But the Saints weren't going down without a fight. So... Why not? Brigham Young said it a lot. There, there was, there was a fight. <laughs> 
<laughs> we'll keep that. The Saints were heavily outnumbered and eventually withdrew. Nobody was killed, but both sides definitely got roughed up. It was actually pretty even. Really? On YouTube, it kind of looked like you got your ass kicked. This was the spark that ignited the conflict known as the Missouri-Mormon War. Rumors spread on both sides of the aisle. In far west, word was that a few saints had been killed in the brawl. Joseph Smith and a group of volunteers went to the Latter-day Saint settlement at Adamondiamon to investigate. When they got there and found out nobody was killed, they were like, well, now what are we going to do? Samson Avard, who we talked about in this episode about the Danites, invited Joseph to come along with him and a group of like 50 guys on a little visit to the home of hostile justice of the peace, Adam Black, where Black was asked to sign this statement, which seems like a perfectly good thing to sign, though Black wasn't happy about the intimidation. Fair enough. Meanwhile, mob violence against the saints increased, especially in a settlement called DeWitt. Do it. On September 20th, mobbers demanded that the Saints leave DeWitt. When word reached Joseph Smith, the Saints appealed to Governor Lilburn W. Boggs for help. Boggs' response was that the quarrel was between the Mormons and the mob. The besieged Saints at DeWitt were forced from their homes in mid-October and traveled to Far West. Some didn't make it. Three days after the DeWitt Saints arrived in Far West, Joseph rallied his forces in Caldwell. The Mormons heard reports of mobs converging from all points of the compass. Frankly, the saints had had it. They were done being driven from their homes, and they were ready to fight fire with fire, which was destined to not work out very well. From a tactical viewpoint, Gallatin and Millport were both about eight miles to the south of Adamondiamon and were nearby centers that supported raids on the Mormons. Just a side note, that Adamondiamon is a place that Joseph Smith claimed was the Garden of Eden. Uh, this was actually the... The catalyst to me leaving the LDS church, because my bishop at the time when I was in Germany uh, told me that Joseph Smith taught that uh, the Garden of Eden was in Jackson County, Missouri, or Adam on Diamond, or is it Davis County, or whatever, Missouri. That, but Missouri was the real uh, location of the Garden of Eden, and that the floods moved it over to the African continent, and uh, so I was like, yeah, now I don't believe that. In mid-October, Mormons raided and burned homes and stores in Gallatin and Millport. Not long after, on October 24th, the Saints caught wind of a group of armed men crossing into Caldwell County, harassing and even taking some of the Saints as prisoners along the way. The Mormon militia responded and engaged the group in what is known as the Battle of Crooked River. Three Latter-day Saints and one Missourian died in the battle. But there was another problem. It appears the Saints didn't realize it at the time, but the enemy forces actually were a contingent of the Richmond County Militia. But they looked like a mob on the prowl. The misapprehension proved to be a serious mistake. The skirmish at Crooked River led to the charge of treason against Joseph Smith and the Mormon leaders. It's treason, then. Resisting a band of vigilantes was justifiable but attacking a militia company was resistance to the state. On October 27th, in response to the battle, Missouri Governor Lilburn Boggs issued his infamous Executive Order 44, also known as the Extermination Order. Execute Order 44. <laughs> Missourian forces were told the Mormons must be treated as enemies and must be exterminated or driven from the state. 
Meanwhile, still ignorant of the extermination order, some Missouri militia planned an attack on the small settlement of saints at Hans Mill, likely meant to be retaliatory for Latter-day Saint raids in Davies County. The militia confiscated most weapons and lulled the saints into a false sense of security by calling a truce. Then, on October 30th, without military authorization, Thomas Jennings led his forces into Hans Mill, where they killed 17 saints and wounded another 13. On the same day, an army of 2,500 Missouri militia camped outside of Far West, ready to lay siege to the city. The next day, on Halloween, Joseph was invited to meet with militia leaders to negotiate. Instead, once Joseph got there, they arrested him. Well, you, sir, were misinformed. <laughs> on November 1st, Far West surrendered without any bloodshed. In the coming months, the Saints were expelled from Missouri while Joseph and other leaders spent the winter in Liberty Jail on a slew of charges. That's the nutshell version of the Missouri-Mormon War. If you want to dive deeper, check out the links in the description, and have a great day. All right, so we'll... we'll cut that out there and so again we see this and and from as far as i know that the history that he presents there is all accurate uh here's the the deal the thing that kind of caught me i mean just little things that that are interesting but hans mill when you talk to to mormons lds people one of the things that they they used to say is that the part of the proof of of the truth the, the validity and the truth of the LDS church was that they were so heavily persecuted. And again, they can't really kind of present any real persecution beyond Hans Mill. This is the place that anytime you have a conversation about persecution with a, a member of the LDS church, Hans Mill is going to come up. And this is going to be their shining example of we were so persecuted these people were killed and that means we are the true church it's tragic what happened to the people at hans mill never should have happened in the way that it was done uh from the fact that it happened any of that it's all tragic and it's horrible one it does not mean that mormonism is the true church it's i mean there are a lot of contingencies and 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 uh circumstances leading up to what happened at, at Hans Mill. It was a retaliation to other things that had happened. This is not simply being persecuted because they're Mormon. This is a an unjust retaliation to the actions of the leaders of their church. So to call it and and this is actually the other one of the other podcasts I do um, we are in the midst of Persecuted Church Awareness Month right now, which part of the fact that I call it that because I don't know if, if anybody has ever officially made it. I don't know who the officials are. I decided to call November Persecuted Church Awareness Month. And it all stemmed off of a conversation with an LDS missionary that led to, per to talking about persecution, which brought up Hans Mill and then the, the conversation went somewhat like this. Well, we are the true church because we're so persecuted. I'm like, well, Hans Mill is not a great example of persecution. It's years and years ago. Again, it's it's an unjust retaliation for the leader's examples. I said, there are tens of thousands of Christians daily that are persecuted, not because of what somebody in the church has done, but simply because they claim the name and worship Jesus Christ. 
throughout the world, beaten, murdered, maimed, and arrested, imprisoned, raped. Christians go through this on a daily basis. And and he was like, well, I don't know that it's really that much. And I said, I said, I could do a podcast, a daily podcast, and have a new story of persecution from somewhere around the world every single day for 30 days. Well, I don't know if you could really do that. I said, okay. And so I took it as a challenge. And that was the literally the beginning of the podcast, The Fifth Seal, which was Persecuted Church Awareness Month a long time ago. So, and it came from this. And, and yes, again, I admit freely that the way the Missourians did what they did, the militias and so on, it was unjust. It should not have ever happened. But it wasn't just simple persecution because they were Mormon. It was an unjust retaliation for the actions of Joseph Smith and his group and the Danites and all the other stuff. See last week's episode and so on. So was it, is it, is it a blight on American history and a, a tragic thing for the members of the LDS church? Absolutely. Is it uh, indication of great, horrible suffering and persecution? Not really. I mean, the Mormons suffered back then. They, they were unjustly pushed from place to place. But, you know, they ended up in a place where, where I mean, literally there were the times, it's not so bad now in Utah, but there were people back in, you know, when I was a kid that really complained about uh, discrimination because they weren't Mormon. It was, there were, there were times you, that people couldn't get jobs and stuff like that. So it kind of, the, the, the tables turned. Uh, so to speak, into a, a a fairly discriminatory community for a long time here in the state of Utah, based off of what had happened to them years before. So there you go, guys. A little, just a little something um, about this, just so I can maintain the fact that I have responded to every single one of these episodes of Faith and Beliefs, and whether or not, I mean. Is it important to know a little bit about Hans Bill? I think it is. I think for anybody who may be having conversations with, with anybody of the LDS faith, to have a little bit of knowledge about this is good to be able to, to but it's not something that we would really kind of go to. I mean, I don't know any time, any reason why Hans Mill would ever come up from uh, an evangelical Christian's point of view in a conversation but obviously it would come up from an LDS person's point of view if they're trying to use persecution as a proof that the LDS church is the God's one true church on earth. So there you go, guys. Hopefully this was helpful to you. Uh, thanks for joining. Uh, hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Uh, hit the notifications. Get all the other stuff that I release here on this. You can get this as an audio podcast uh, wherever you get your audio podcasts, uh, Google Podcasts iTunes, Amazon, Spotify. We are there on all of those uh, platforms where you can uh, get it and take it along with you and listen to it while you're doing other stuff if you don't have time to sit down and watch a video. So thanks for joining us. And as always, preach the gospel at all times. Use words. They're necessary. And until next time, Soli Deo Gloria.